Welcome to episode 72 of Chew on This, a Nerds United podcast. I'm BJ. Beck. So before we uh, get into our review of Beauty and the Beast, uh, this is a, a word from our sponsor, <laughs> which is essentially uh, you guys, you listeners out there. Uh, we are on Patreon, and Patreon is a really good website for artists such as us to uh, get sponsors, and you guys could be part of the Chew Crew if you donate any kind of you know uh, monies, if you will, from anywhere from a dollar all the way up to, I think, uh, I don't know, it just goes up and up. And every tier, you get some sort of reward from us, which is super cool. So you get like bonus pods, there's like t-shirts, I think hats. Um, there's also, I think, a tier where you can uh, actually drive the conversation, be on our podcast. So that's really, really cool. So yeah, we're on uh, Patreon. That's P A T R E O N dot com forward slash Chew on This podcast. Um, what else we got? All right. Well, speaking of sponsors, since we don't have any, um, <clears throat> we decided to. Uh, since I'm from the uh, East Coast, we decided we were going to mention this convenience store called Wawa that's on the East Coast until they come out here to California. I love Wawa. Um, so you being from California, uh, BJ, the first time you went out there, you actually had real pizza, uh, and you also <laughs> had um, you also had White Castle, but you also did this other thing that you didn't know about, which was called Wawa. Yes. Basically, it's like a Seven Eleven, but they have their own like deli in there where you can get like all this other like all this food late at night. They're open twenty four seven, which is freaking awesome. So when you're bar hopping and all that stuff or whatever, you can always count on Wawa to go get like one of their great hoagie sandwiches. So uh, anyway, the whole reason for doing this is like we don't have a sponsor and we're like, well, let's just talk about one thing that we love. And I was like, yeah, there's no Wawa out here. So we're yeah. going to talk about it. And uh, what was the hashtag we were, we were going to use? Um, uh, West Coast hashtag West Coast Wawa. We're going to tag yeah. all of our. Uh, all of our episodes from now on, and maybe Wawa will notice. And if at at best, maybe we get a free sub. Yeah, <laughs> that they can just mail, <laughs> mail to us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, um, at, the, so, at the very just hopefully they just come over here. That's all I care about. It's a really yeah. If they come cool over place. here, just give me like a gift card so I can just get sandwiches there or gas <laughs> with gas. <laughs> yeah, because exactly. they have gas stations too. Exactly. Bigger Wawa's have gas stations. Um, okay, so that's our sponsor. That's our sponsor. So every every, every episode now, you're going to hear our sponsor. That's our, our fake Wawa. sponsor. No, sorry. They're our fake sponsor. We're not sponsoring them. We're just going to keep mentioning them. They're not yeah, our exactly. sponsor. Yeah. Um, we just want to keep mentioning them to come out to uh, uh, California. And uh, once again, that's hashtag West Coast Wawa. Yes. Uh, and before we start with the review of Beauty and the Beast, there's one well, there's one more thing I want to mention. Uh, one of our good friends, uh, one of our good friends of the podcast, um, had some really awesome news this week. Um, she uh, she got the cover for uh, she designed or not sorry not designed she illustrated the cover <clears throat> for the Dragon Lords False Idols uh, from uh, Orbit's Books. I think it's called uh, the, yeah, the publisher. Yeah, I, I think so. And, yeah, and uh, John Hollins is the the author of the book. Um, this is available basically everywhere. Um, we actually met Crystal uh, at Celebration, um, but um, and she she has some amazing artwork. She did like this awesome Darth Maul. Yeah, <laughs> so we just which... kept in touch ever since then. And she, you know, she's very talented. She's an artist. Obviously, you got to check out this book cover. It's really cool. It's a giant dragon. How could you not like dragons? Yeah, it's super sick. And I actually bought uh I bought that Darth Maul illustration that she created. Uh I think she was we met her I think met her in a forum uh on the Star Wars forum on Facebook like and an Anaheim celebration or something like that. Yeah, and then and then bumped into her there. I know just noticed her oh, we we met met them at a I think at a get together or something that first night and then uh Saw her consequently, you know, walking around the the floor, and she had the Darth Maul illustrations, and I'm like, I want one. <laughs> that looks pretty cool. So it's actually hanging. Uh, it's in a. It's framed in my in my bedroom, actually. So yeah, she she is a, an artist to hire. She has a website. So let me plug some of her stuff here. Yes. Uh, let's see. Her website is crystalsully.com, and her email is digitallyuntamed at gmail.com once again that's digitally untamed all one word at gmail.com 
She's done other stuff like uh, Elder Scrolls, the Dragon Age RPG. So she's definitely uh, she's definitely pretty good at what she does. So yeah, hire her. She's, um, she's got the nerd she, cred, uh, that's for sure. And uh, she would have done our logo, but uh, we wanted stick figures, and she just refused to uh, sink that low. So oh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but her. I still <laughs> I still want I still want a, a dra- like a really cool dragon with our stick figures with our weapons like just riding the dragon. That'd be pretty riding badass. Yeah. Well, you get shotgun. I take lead. <laughs> I'm like holding uh, holding you with one arm and <laughs> my chainsaw yeah. the other. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's horrible. It reminds me of like, was it in the Harold and Kumar with like, uh, was it Neil Patrick Harris like riding the unicorn and, <laughs> or something, something like, like that? that? Something weird. Yeah, it was pretty funny. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, uh, if you're if you're uh, listening, Crystal, we want a dragon with our uh, stick figures riding on it. Stick figures awesome. on it. If that that be yeah, stop what you're doing and, and <laughs> do that instead. Yeah, forget the paid <laughs> gigs. Do this yeah. for for nothing, please. <laughs> yes. So go hire her. She's published. She she's at a con actually. I think right now as we're recording this. She so did, uh, uh, she, check out she her stuff. A, yes, she did a, the Emerald City Con recently from, which is a big one in Seattle, and I think she's doing another one this weekend. And hopefully one day we'll see her at Celebration doing artwork. That'd be pretty sick. I already called uh, Shotgun the first ticket to <laughs> whenever she gets hired to do Star Wars. I get oh to go on set. <laughs> or I get to be in a production meeting. <laughs> and like you're like, I came up with Darth Maul. No. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so let's let's okay. head over to now Beauty and the Beast. This is our review of Beauty and the Beast. Um spoilers, uh shut it off. Uh come back after you've watched the movie. So yes. let's go through the initial reactions. Uh you wanna go or do you want me to go? Uh, no, I can go. Um, I think you went for – it doesn't matter. It's whatever, whichever. Um, okay, so I virtually stayed away from all the reviews. Um, I did see the RT review earlier in the week, and it was very low, and that was very disconcerting. But I kind of took it as like, well, this is a – it's essentially looked like a shot-for-shot remake on the trailer. So I thought maybe, well, people are rating it low because it's not bringing anything new to the table. It's just a – just the kind of recreation or whatever. And then, um, and then there was that whole, you know, controversy, which we'll get into that much later, which when I watched the movie, I didn't think it was controversial at all. I think people are just ridiculous. Um, so my initial reaction is this, um, I thought it was okay. I was, uh, I was a little entertained. Um, <coughs> I did have quite a bit of issue with this movie and I think it's um and that's something we can go into later on if you can remind me but you know when they're doing all these live action remakes which I've heard they're trying to pretty much remake everything that they've ever done into live action now at this point right so um I'll I'll talk a little bit about that later on um but my initial reaction was I just I just thought it was okay I didn't really think they brought anything new to the table it was um I thought uh, some of it looked beautiful. I thought some of the musical numbers hit, and I thought some absolutely did not. Um, I, I thought some of the CG work was really shoddy. Um, I just don't know. I just there was something about it that didn't quite wasn't quite right to me. I just can't put my finger on it. Like everybody's going to this thing for nostalgic reasons, but that's not. I mean. I guess it's an okay reason to go watch it. I wanted to go watch it because it was one of my favorite cartoons growing up. I mean, and I was an adult when it came out, like not quite an adult, maybe like 19 or 20, but still it was like, that was a, that was the thing to do. Every year was like a Disney movie event at that point, you know, with Aladdin and little mermaid and all that stuff. And so for me, it was like, Oh, this is, I've actually really want to see this because I just remember it so well. And um, it'd be really cool to see all the characters come to life. And and so that was my whole reason behind seeing it. And then actually watching the trailer uh, kind of got me a little more jazzed to watch it. But then, you know, with that RT rating kind of bummed me out a little bit. And then watching it, I was, I was a little bummed walking out of there, like to be honest with you. I wasn't like – there wasn't anything that stuck out where I was like, oh, my God, that was amazing. Or, oh, I got to talk about this. It was It was just okay, you know. So – and we'll get into our ratings on stuff later. So what were your initial reactions? 
so initially I, I was pretty pleased. I was probably more pleased, um, with the movie. Um, I was much higher on it than, than the Rotten Tomatoes rating. Um, uh, we'll talk about that at the end, but I was much higher on it than that. Uh, I was actually, I was pretty pleased with the movie because I loved all it, it. It felt like the screenwriters for this movie, uh, downloaded like, or caught, uh, honest trailers video of beauty and the beast and went back and be like, okay, well, those are all the issues with the original. Let's plug those holes in there. Like, Mm -hmm. so the story with the mother, you know, um, the, the more explained version of, um, why this prince was cursed because in, in the cartoon, all it says is that he turned away like a, a dirty looking old hag on a really creepy night. And like, you know, all, and then that like gave him like a, a lifetime of, of misery, um, which, cause it didn't make any sense. Like, are you going to let some like old woman in, um, you know, in a stormy rainy night when you're only nine years old, you know, that doesn't make any goddamn sense. Right. So they explain it a lot more that like he, you know, had no will to love and was selfish and all that shit. And like, so it really felt like that to me. I, when I walked out of there, I was like, it's like they got a second crack at the movie and watched an honest trailers clip of their own movie. Okay. And said, let's plug all these holds. So I thought that was pretty interesting. I loved all those, the, all those extra scenes that explained all the plot holes in the, in the cartoon. I really enjoyed them. Mm. What took me out of the scene was every time they did a new scene, they did a new song and the new songs hit so bad for me. I did mm-hmm. not like a single one of them. And it's not because of how great the songs are from the original. Cause I actually didn't realize how great they were until they were actually playing in this movie again. Cause I, I haven't really sat down and paid attention to this movie in a really long time. Um, and I was like, wow, this, this music's amazing. And then I was like, Oh, here comes a new song. There was like no hooks for me at all. Uh, mm-hmm. nothing hit right at all. And there was the one scene where the, one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie was when you find out about what actually happened to Belle's mother. And then the second they show up in that area, that house or, or whatever, she starts singing and the song is terrible. Like there's, there's nothing great about that no. song. And I'm like, no. Oh, you just took me out of this like emotional moment of something that I never knew before. And, and ruined it for me. Like instead of letting the new scenes just be themselves, adding a musical number like took me out of it completely because I, I thought it was I, I'm okay with them coming up with new songs for, for the live action because it's kinda kinda need it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh for something something new. But I think it does a disservice to those scenes that answer a lot of questions for you about, mm-hmm. you know, the plot holes in Beauty and the Beast. And the songs were just terrible. So, you know, other than that, like, I loved Ewan McGregor in this movie. Absolutely loved him in this movie. Um, he had a much bigger role than Lemire did in the, in, mm-hmm. uh, in the cartoon, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Emma Watson was great in it. I thought she was wonderful. Um, I even enjoyed The Beast, although there was a few times where I'm like, wow, that's really bad CG. Mm-hmm. Like, it felt like uh, Dax. What was his name? Dax, the guy who owned the diner, Jax? Who owned the oh, diner in episode yes, two? Yes, from yeah. Like how, how faked like his clothing looked and all that stuff. That and there was a couple was scenes like that here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a couple scenes, and it, it happened when he was actually in the famous blue suit. And I was yep. like, oh, that sucks. That sucks really bad. And there's and then there's but then there's other shots where he looks great. And you know, I again I saw this on IMAX, so you can't hide bad CG like no, in there. No. It it's it's like twelve feet high. So um, yeah. That's uh that was my initial reactions. Yeah, I you know, some some of the stuff you said I, I totally agree with. Um I, I liked uh I did like Ewan McGregor. It took me a little bit to get used to the accent. I finally just kinda gave up and just went with it. Cause it oh, that's the other thing that that's the other thing that I noticed that was weird. It was okay for a cartoon. It didn't bother me as a cartoon because you kinda just let goofiness go with a cartoon because mm-hmm. even though it's like a serious movie, you kinda just go with the goofiness, right? What uh, the other thing that took me out of this movie is that everybody has a French name, mm-hmm. and but everybody, but everyone other than Lemire has a British accent, right? <laughs> and I was like, "What the fuck is going on here?" 
And they let uh, Emma Watson pretty much keep her uh, British accent. Yeah. It just wasn't it wasn't real thick, but it was there. And then um, her dad is played by Kevin Klein, who didn't have a British accent at all. Well, and halfway through the movie, he did. <laughs> um, <laughs> he pulled a, he pulled a Kevin Costner in Robin Hood. <laughs> yeah, and then there was some really weird stuff that happened. Like, so he's uh, so. Everyone knows this story. I mean, th- they did change certain things. Like, uh, but you know, he's he's on the horse and he's running away, and then like, uh, or no, he's not running away, but he's just kind of riding the horse, and this lightning bolt hits this tree, and the tree falls over, so he has nowhere to go but down this one path. But then later on, when he brings Gaston back there to say, "Hey, Bell is holed up at this castle," they get to that point, and he's like, "Hey, that tree was supposed to be down. Like, it's not down anymore. That's weird." Was oh, you just remind of, me of something else. That you just remind some, me of something so else. So, was there some some magical that that like put yeah. the tree back? I don't understand that. that I think it was the good. Sense. I think it was the. I personally, I think it was the witch from the beginning of the movie. After was she rooting? Um, she was actually rooting for the prince to like. Yeah, because remember, like she. Sh- yeah, so I, she showed up a few times in it, playing the homeless uh, person. Oh yeah. So she was kind of like driving the whole thing a little bit from behind the scenes, um, which is kind of kind of weird. That was take weird. on it. Yeah, I didn't think that was necessary with the tree and all that. I don't. Oh, I mean, that was the other thing. The wait before I forget. So one of the other things is like, how the fuck does this entire village not know this castle is like there? Right. From the cartoon version, I'm meaning. Oh, and they fixed that in this. They explained that. Yeah, they did explain that in this, which I liked. Which was pretty I, cool. I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. Basically, the spell covered the kingdom and said, like, everyone forgot about you. Because one of the guys that lived in the town, his wife worked at the castle. So, like, he had forgotten about Ended up being Mrs. Potts. That was, a nice, yeah. that was a nice little background for Mrs. That Potts. That was a nice little background. Um, yeah, I mean, they took some liberties, and some of the things I thought was really cool, and other things I thought was a weird, uh, like the the additional songs, especially like with Beast at the end when you know Belle decides she's to leaving. take off. Yeah, yeah, that was, was a, a missed really opportunity awkward, there. It was an awkward. I, song. I thought, yeah, I thought the I thought the choreography choreography of that scene with the Beast like running up higher and higher and higher to get a better view. I thought that was a great. That was a great addition to it. I was like, one, unlike other other sections of the movie, <clears throat> um, when something new happened, I thought this was the perfect placement for a song. Yeah, I was like, oh, cool, Beast is going to get his own song because Bell's had her own. Like Bell had that great opening one. I was like, oh, cool, they're going to give Beast one, and it fucking failed miserably. Like yeah, it was I, not a good song. I, I'm going to tell you something, man. I I was not. I don't know the 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 music for whatever reason. The songs didn't translate to the screen for me. Other than like there are three major songs that I felt definitely had to be in there, and everything else could have just went away. Like I felt like the the Gaston song made sense for that to be there. It made sense for the BR guest song. And then it made sense for the Beauty and the Beast song when they're dancing. Everything else, mm-hmm. to what me... What about the opening sequence for Belle? I didn't like it. I didn't like no? it at all. It didn't translate well because I'm like, in a cartoon, it kind of it makes sense for everyone to be singing and you know doing their thing. But number one, whenever Emma Watson sang, it was pre-recorded. Almost everybody else, I noticed when they sang, it looked like they were really singing it. You know, like they were like they just recorded it while they were singing it on the stage, but hers looked like definitely pre-recorded. Definitely looked like she was lip syncing. It didn't match up. You know, it sounded like studio singing and not singing on the set. If if that makes any sense, so it kind of took me. Yeah, because they never sing live on the set. No, they never do. It's always pre-recorded. But for whatever reason, every time she sang, it's like that ah, does just not matching up for some reason. It doesn't. I didn't get. I didn't right. really get that. Um, I, so I didn't there get was that. I thought there was, but that whole opening sequence, I just didn't think it was necessary. It didn't feel like it translated well to me at all. I oh, thought it did. I thought it was pretty impressive how they did that scene. And then the other thing that kind of bugged me about about Bell is that at least in the cartoon, I think the father was the inventor. And in this one, they kind of hint that she's, like, super uh, smart, too. But they only do it the one time when she's, like, doing the laundry with the barrel and the donkey's, like, pulling yeah. it. 
I was like, oh, that's yeah. cool. But then nowhere in the rest of the movie, she can't even get out of the jail cell by herself. She has yeah, some, like, that someone was a else good. So, yeah, that's a good pull. I completely um, agree with that. So there's that. And uh, again, that's a little nitpicky stuff, but um, I, no, you're right though. Like, what was the noticeable. point of like I when when she was did, when she did the barrel thing with the laundry? I was like, oh, cool. I, you know, I wonder I wonder when they're going to call back to that or the fact that she can invent shit. And I thought in the back of my mind, I was like, I wonder if she's going to invent a way to defend the castle along with you know all the um, yes, that would have been all, interesting. All the, uh, but there was no way for her to beat the the, the mob there, but uh, without them seeing her. <clears throat> but um, but yeah, that, that was that was disappointing. Showing like an added strength that you wanted to like change from the original cartoon, but mm-hmm. then you never touch on it again. Yeah, like never again. Um, the other the thing, only thing that... they do so actually, you know what? You know what was annoyingly too about that because mm-hmm. they because of the invent venting and all that shit. Everybody thinks she's odd or whatever. They must, she must have called herself odd or peculiar to like so many other people throughout the entire movie. It's almost like she had like mustard on her shirt from like lunch and then you come back to the office. <laughs> right. And instead of somebody else pointing it out first, you pointed out that you have mustard on your shirt so to that they don't point it out to you. To everybody in the office. Yeah. Like right. one at one. And that's what another. it felt like. She just kept saying it over and over again. Like, you know, yes, we get it. You're quirky. Shut the fuck up. Don't tell me again you're quirky. You telling me you're quirky is not really quirky. That's really just annoying. Yeah, that little uh, library <coughs> library in her town really sucks balls, man. They didn't have <laughs> shit in that place. I was like, it looked like a closet. I'm like, that doesn't look like the library. I, think that was a, the... I thought that was a church. Oh, uh, maybe. Maybe a church. Ba- like, it just looked, I was like. Where's the books? Like that's weird. So there was a couple of scenes that that stood out to me when when since you're mentioning books, I was like, all right, the the library scene is cool. It, it looked realistic. Mm-hmm. I, I loved that. I really did like uh, Beauty and the Beast song, the live version that they did, mm-hmm. um, minus the bad CG a few times, and yeah. they had to pick that scene to fucking do bad CG. <laughs> um, it's the most iconic scene too. Yeah, I, I I really liked the ending uh, touch on Belle's costume, and then you finally get the reveal, and you're like, oh, like I know what it's supposed to look like. I've seen it, but it's still like kind of in the moment. It kind of took me away, like blew me away too. Yeah. So there, the, the, yeah, those scenes were pretty well done, and I I disagree with your intro part, the intro of the movie part, because I mm-hmm. I I thought that worked. I was like, oh, cool, this is going to be better than I thought just based on that. Because that was a big production to do. That must have took them weeks to finish that that mm-hmm. sequence. Um, I thought that 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 opening sequence was really impressive. Um, what did you I, think? I guess, what did you think about um, them getting? Uh, did you think like okay? So the cast members. Like, do you think that uh, everyone was pretty much spot on who they cast to be? Uh, because, because for me, it was like this movie, you could pretty much cast who you want to be in those roles because nobody except for maybe Angela Lansbury is iconic. Uh, like the iconic voice. Uh, Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. So who do you think the cast that they got was pretty solid? I think so. I mean, like I was pretty impressed with Emma Watson in this, um, because, you know, she had you, – you'd watch her acting chops get better and better throughout the Harry mm-hmm. Potter movies. I mean, you go back there, like, you, you know, they're, they're kid actors, and it's, some of them are kind of cr- – a little part of that is cringeworthy. So I was not once taken out of this movie by her. I thought mm-hmm. she was, like, really charming. I think they, they, they picked the perfect Belle. She yes. A, she's, you know, she's beautiful, but, like, she has a very kind, like, innocent eyes almost, and that's, like – that's Belle, but she can also be, you've seen her be like, you know, pissed off Hermione at the same time, you know, so she has <laughs> those, those two sides of her. So I thought, I thought Belle was perfectly cast. Yeah, me too. Um, I thought the prince as the beast was better than as the prince, <laughs> mm. if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. I thought he was a better beast than he was a prince. Yeah, um, I agree. I again, agree. I said, uh, I, uh, I'm sure they could have got somebody maybe a little bit better, but I love you and Rare so much, and he was really good in this. I thought um, weird that they got a Scottish guy to do a French accent, though. 
Yeah, um, it was a little weird. Let me see. Uh, Mrs. Potts was pre- uh, not Angela Lansbury, but uh, Emma. Uh, Emma. It's Emma Thompson, I think. Uh, yeah, Emma Thompson, um, who was also in Harry Potter. Um, she did a great job as Mrs. Potts. Chip was okay. Uh, listen, Cogsworth was uh, Ian McKellen. Yes. Um, I thought he was okay. So at some time, at some points, like when he was speaking, it was hard to hear him because he's getting like really old. He sounded like Gandalf a few times. <laughs> he <Yeah>. really did. <laughs> he um, really did. I think. Am I missing anybody? Kevin uh, Klein. Yeah. Love Kevin Klein. Kevin Gaston Klein was, was great. awesome. Um, Luke Evans and was Gaston, was and then uh, Josh was, Gad was. I thought the he was. Vote. I thought he was really good too. Uh, Luke Evans. He looked the part, man. Yeah, he looked the part, but he he brought something different to the role too, uh, which I think was awesome. They did, they did something different with him. They made him like a military man who who kind of had like PTSD a little bit. Um, and he was like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, and he was like, he just got angry like real quick, you know. And I don't know, like the the Gaston in the cartoon was a little different. He was just he just wanted Bell so bad that he would just do anything. And then this guy kind of had that too, but he also had that that. He was super cocky. He reminded me of like Biff and Back to the Future or something. Mm. Um, but then you got LaFoe. You know, Josh Gad was the – he was the voice of the um, – in Frozen, he was the voice of the snowman. What the hell is the snowman's name? I can't even remember. You've seen that movie like a thousand times. Olaf. Right? Olaf. Okay, Olaf. Yeah, he was the voice of Olaf. He's a really funny guy. Um, and yeah, he brought he something – he brought something totally – you know, not different, but he he like upgraded LaFoe into like more of a yeah. He had more to do and stuff like that. And that yeah, I thought so, I thought he was great in that too. Like he was he was perfectly cast. He he brought something that yeah, like you said, was not in the cartoons at all, and gave him like a little bit more depth. And and they actually like turned him around in in the yes. scene too, which was pretty so, cool. Yeah, we could I talk. Thought. Well, we could talk about the controversy now with LaFoe. It's such uh, it's such a not a fucking controversy. It's, it's so not. fucking stupid. It's so fucking stupid. Goddamn fucking homophobic people. Seriously. It's 2017. Yeah. yeah, and you have I mean we talked about this before but um hello Ian McKellen is he's a, you know, um he's a yeah. gay man and we've known that for years and I'm like why isn't anyone getting up? You know what I mean? It just doesn't make any sense to like and be the, upset and the, about that. One kind of, of the stuff. fun probably for me the funniest scene in the entire movie was in the original, the wardrobe sucks in one of the, the, the people raiding the building, the castle and, you know, dresses up as a woman and he like freaks out in this one. They do the, the, there's those three reoccurring guys, those three reoccurring like bullies or whatever. Yeah. And all three of them get dressed up as women. Two of them freak out. One of them smiles, which I thought was the funniest part in the entire movie. I thought it was genius. He's like, oh, look at me. I look pretty. Yeah, it was awesome. So, so then he, I think, is the end person yes. at, the, at the final ballroom dance um, during the ending scenes where he and uh, LaFoe. Uh, is it LaFoe or LaFoof? It's LaFoe. Okay, LaFoe. Like end up dancing together, and they dance together for like one second, and you don't see him again. Yeah, it's together. a split second, and people are up like so uproar about it's that. It's so fucking dumb. When one of the scenes is one of the best, funniest scenes in the entire movie, and the other scene is one second long, that's what you're gonna boycott. Jesus well, Christ! Uh, yeah, I, and I I applaud Disney for several reasons. You know, one they just said, you know what, we're gonna do this. Like that's the way we they went, and it was great. The second thing is they're sticking to their guns. They're not changing shit. They're not going to cut that out just to accommodate, you know, some back ass word, you know, back ass, whatever. Bass awkwards. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> uh, state, uh, you know, or or town or whatever that's doing that. I think even Russia's like the whole country's like banning the movie because of that. I just so it's it's absolutely ridiculous. You can't tell me. That there is like there's no gay people in Alabama. There's no gay people in Russia. I'm like you're fucking re- you're dumb, you know, and, and you're bass backwards yourself. I mean, get with the times. Give me it's a ass break. backwards, dude. It's is ass, it backwards. ass backwards. What do I keep yeah. saying? Bass backwards. It doesn't matter. You're saying I think, you're saying you're saying ass backwards. Ass backwards. <laughs> I'm saying it inside out. Uh, anyway. No, you're fucking saying it ass backwards. I know, I know. 
<laughs> I think everyone understands what I'm saying. But, you know, you can't uh, – I just – I like the forward thinking on this and and I like Look, that. Who was, here's, here's the thing. LaFoe was probably already gay. Go back and watch the cartoon version. He's pretty much hard up on fucking Gaston. <laughs> no one gives it like Gaston. And, and maybe, maybe, maybe Gaston. I mean, sorry, maybe LaFoe probably danced with um, a man in the end of that movie, in the end of the cartoon. But because they had to reuse uh, animation from Cinderella, you never got that scene, and now you're getting the dancing gay scene. Yeah, so the, deal the with dancing it. Dancing gay scene. <laughs> Yeah, it's it is so ridiculous, man. I I thought it. I mean, those scenes actually added to the movie, and it added it. Yeah, it made but that again, character like, that character who was yeah. a nobody before. Now it made him well, like more well wound. Well, yeah, the extra it. note. Yeah, the extra note that they give to his character in the movie works for me. Yeah, and it, you know, like I said, he if go watch the cartoon again. If you're if you're telling me that he's not in the closet gay for Gaston in the cartoon, then you're blind. So yeah. it just they just didn't come out and say it. It's like yeah. if they said like C if if it's like if they said like C Rupio was gay. You're like okay and <laughs> so like <laughs> so yeah that whole gay controversy thing was really stupid. But and there was like some other things. I mean this is I mean totally a different subject. But one of the things that kind of took me out of the movie a little bit. But you kind of liked the scene. Was the 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 scene with in the library with the book that like magical book that can like transport you um, like anywhere you wanted to go? Yeah, anywhere you wanted to go. And I was like, well, wait a minute, is this like a pensive? You know, can you like go back to like? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, can you go back to memories or something like that? Is that what it is? Because I thought, or I, I kind of like suspended disbelief just a little bit because I thought she was going there on her own. But the next thing you know, Beast is standing next to her, and they're both walking around this little shack. And I was like, wait a minute, like this is like really far fetched. Even though, of course, he's a beast. It wasn't in the future. It wasn't in the future or back. It was no. It was, in it was just kind of they just yeah. It was present time, but all the stuff was there for when her when her mom died like twenty five years prior. So I was really yeah because confused. she had the she had the fucking plague and that's why nobody touched that shit. Yeah, <laughs> let's just leave this room. Let's just leave this room alone. We'll never touch yeah. it again. Yeah. So I mean, part of that scene was very touching. I think that the singing of the song kind of took me out of it as well. I think they could have done that scene a little differently, um, but you know, it is what it is. It was one of those added things that I was I kind of perked up when I saw something new. But I wasn't yeah. like. But I at the same time, you know, after the scene, I was like, "Well, was that really necessary?" Like, I don't know that that yeah, that whole new scene stood out to me as as not needing a musical number. And if you're yeah. gonna do a musical number, it had to be perfect. So right, like, right. I, I exactly. was really into that entire whole scene, and but the music took me out of it. Yeah, and that was a bomb deal because. There was, I mean, they, again, you know, they did a lot of really cool shots, shot for shots from the cartoon that I thought looked really great, you know, on the big screen. Um, you on IMAX, asshole. Um, it looked, it looked, fan I mean, a lot of the movie just looked fantastic. A lot of production value. Um, I think this movie yeah. was like 160 million bucks. I think it cost um, just, just to throw out some numbers. Really? They might, yeah, they actually might hit that. This weekend, they were saying that they might hit that or get pretty close to it, which I wouldn't doubt. This movie is going to make a billion dollars. It's ridiculous, uh, the amount of hype that's on this movie. But um, So it sounded like you, Borderline, love this movie. I'm more of the – I liked it, but I, it's kind of forgettable for me. Like I don't know. It's not one of those things where I'm going to buy it for Blu-ray and – and watch it a million times. I might watch I think, it. I think I'll have on. it. I think I. I think I would get it. I like it enough to actually get it. Yeah, um, my my kids are like out. kind of. They're all boys and growing up. They're not. They don't care too much about Beauty and the Beast. In fact, they all sat next to me last night, going like, "When when can we go home?" <laughs> <laughs> they're like, it's almost like you know, Back to the Future too. When you know he he goes there's that gunslinger machine he's like oh dude i used to love this game and the kids are like oh, you right. gotta you gotta use your hands that's a baby's toy well it's the same thing like when they're watching the movie they're like they're fucking singing 
like, what the hell is that all about? You know? And, and I told him, I'm like, I'm like back in the eighties and nineties, like this was it, man. You'd watch a cartoon and they'd sing in it. And, and then they, Disney changed a little bit, like with Tarzan. Cause you, you actually had Phil Collins singing the songs uh, a few times, and right. then, you know, sting singing in emperor's new groove or something like that. So this was kind of harkened back to that, you know? Um, so, the other thing I wanted to talk about really quick was uh, I think at the beginning I was talking about how Disney's going back and remaking all these things. And we've said that a million times, but for me, I think the big difference here is that when they did, uh, you know, they did Maleficent, which was different. It was the perspective of the evil queen and, and her tragic background. Um, they did Cinderella and they kind of messed with that a little bit, kind of made that movie a little boring, but they did kind of change things around. Jungle Book, was, they just cut out all the music in it, the singing, and made it like a straight up, you know, kind of, um, you know, a straight up story without the singing. And I think, I think they sing a little bit, but it kind of makes sense to the, to that scene. And then this movie, I think, is the first one, isn't it, where they're literally just they sing all the songs from the from the cartoon, and then they added like two or three new ones. And I think for me, like. I, I do like the singing aspect of things. I just think this particular movie, I don't know why, like, I know you said you like some of the other songs, but like, I thought the three songs, the major ones, the staples, I thought no matter what, they have to do it. And it kind of makes sense in, in the story. Cause like the first song is just, she's singing, but all the other people are singing too. And she doesn't notice it and they don't notice she's singing. You know what I mean? But, but the three major songs, they notice that they're singing because it's, it's meant to be that way. You know, like be our guest is luminaire right. like sing, singing the bell going, Hey, be our guest here. And then like, um, uh, beauty and the Beast, she's singing and they're dancing. Although I don't even think they're really singing to her song. I think they're just kind of dancing because she's saying beauty and the beast and they're not like turning to her going, shut up, bitch. I'm not a beast. I'm a, I'm a prince. <laughs> um, right. and, and then, um, and then the Gaston song totally makes sense because it's just like just this really cool like rousing song in a bar and everyone's getting into it and it's kind of believable. You didn't that, think that uh, what about what about the song uh, something there that wasn't there before? I think I don't, I don't think that's the title, but um, you didn't like that one either. No, actually, I did kind of like that one too because um, that was from both of them singing. And the, yes, it that was. That was Mrs. Potts, and who else was singing that? The wardrobe, Bell. or oh, Bell. Bell was singing it too. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah because uh, you're saying like she's noticing something about Beast that she never did. That was another thing I liked about this movie. That like, <clears throat> you know, in the cartoon, I think she falls in love with him or starts to fall in love with him after she gets a fucking giant library. The shit is that about? <laughs> right. So, in this one. They expand on their relationship, and it's longer, and you see more of a rapport, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, I, I liked that. It, it makes it more believable if you're going to translate it to live action, and you're going to make me believe that this girl actually loves this beast. You know, give her a library, and all of a sudden I did, she goes, uh, like, beastality. I, I really... <laughs> <laughs> I really did like that aspect of it too. I did like that they fleshed out their uh, relationship more and they spent more time with them talking and, you know, hanging out and all that stuff. And I loved that they took the, they did take the snowball fight scene from the cartoon and they put, but it was like way, oh, fun, was way awesome funnier. Too. Oh my God. Yeah, that got the biggest great. laugh. Yeah. It was hysterical. Um, so yeah, I mean, the, like I said, I didn't hate this movie and I didn't dislike it. I just, I just did. It's it's a pretty charming movie. If you never saw char- the cartoon, you never oh, saw the cartoon. Oh, absolutely. Then then you have to go watch this movie. There's no question. Uh, but it's just for me. It's like when I look at something like Jungle Book, and I'm like, holy shit! They took a cartoon I gave it. less than two shits about. They expanded upon it. They made it the way they made it. They made it. Yeah, like, I, I that just makes sense. That. But the Jungle Book was a really short cartoon, really short, and yeah. Jungle Book does not, is not even in the top ten. Of Disney cartoons, no. Like Beauty and the Beast is like in the top three. Yeah, you yeah. Know, like Lion King is probably number one, which yes. they're remaking that, and I'm, I don't know how they're going to improve on that movie. I'm worried about um, it. I'll be honest. I mean, if they do a ton of musical numbers, I worry about it. Aladdin, I feel like because of the genie, I feel like some of the musical numbers make sense. 
Um, yeah, I'm just looking at it differently. I don't know. I shouldn't look at it from a make sense point of view. It's just, I think when they, when they make things live action, I think I just, it, I have to trick my brain into like, okay, you know, they're going to break into song. That's just going to happen. Cause that's the way the cartoon was. I mean, I, <laughs> I don't know if you ever saw this. Uh, I, I'm having these like, uh, remembering, uh, the skit from Saturday night live where the people are hanging out and there's the one guy that's hanging out there and everyone else keeps breaking into song. And he's like, what's going on here? Why is everyone singing? (laughs) (laughs) I just fucking love that. It's hysterical. Like they're all talking all of a sudden they're like, they're like snapping their fingers and singing. And he's like, what's going on? Why are you doing that? Um, so you're yeah. not a big live action musical person then, like you're not. I, well, I I you don't am. Like the sound am. of music or West Side oh, Story. Oh no, I love that, and I love La La Land, and I loved. Uh, but those are movies that are that are not. Um, you know, they weren't cartoons before, and I just feel like you know, from the cartoon to live action, sometimes I don't know for whatever reason I'm watching this movie. I I I'm like, ah man, that I don't you know. I think it's because, like, after watching Jungle Book, I was like, oh, I really like this because they're not running around breaking into song, you know. And, mm-hmm. and then when they did it in this one – well, this, the problem is is that this movie has such iconic music. Every single song from the cartoon is iconic, you know, one more than the other. Oh, did you pick up that uh, Celine Dion actually sang the last song of the movie? Like she what? sang over the credits? That oh. was Celine Dion. You know, I really didn't notice that because I'll be honest with you, the kids were like all tired and so we just got up and left. But as we were walking out, oh, I, I, okay. I looked back and I would see like the the character of the person and then who they played. Right. Was, I saw that a was, little bit of that. That was but... Celine Dion singing over singing that song. Oh, right. I was rad. like, oh, cool. That's a nice callback because like, you know, of course, Celine Dion sang Beauty and the Beast in the yep. original version uh, of the ending song, and now they brought her back for a new song, which I didn't care for as much. It's probably the best <laughs> song of the. It's probably the best song of like all the new songs, honestly. Yeah, I thought that I was probably so. I, that was yeah. the best one, and yeah, it fit better than any of the other music. Yeah, I think you're right. Like it was, it was a nice song to play over what they were doing, showing the human part of the of the animated part that they played or whatever. Yeah. So you want to go over right, some so let's, uh, ratings? Yeah, let's do let's do diversity. Okay, I think you're going you first got? this time. Okay, I will go. I probably go. Um, I probably go Jan Brady plus mm-hmm. on this one. Okay. Um, the the main characters are are what they are. Um, so I wasn't really expecting a lot of diversity. I was surprised by how much diversity was actually in this movie. Um, so kudos again to Disney to you know. They didn't have to make it that diverse because this was a, like a small French town, mm-hmm. you know, farm town. So I wasn't expecting a lot of diversity, but they pulled it off. So kudos. I, I yeah, I have to agree with you there. Um, th- there was a lot more diversity than I expected, and you know, again, they they you know Disney in certain aspects they're knocking out of the park. In other diversity aspects, they're not. Which we're really going to uh, hammer into that on Sunday night or on the next podcast. But um, the, the diversity in this was, was surprisingly much higher than, than I expected. So I'm, I'm going to go with Jan Brady plus as well. Um, as far as like, so we didn't mention the RT ratings. They're at 71% as of right now as we're recording. I think they were as low as 68. They were 67 when we went. Okay. Which I don't, I totally don't agree with. I think if anything, and this is weird. I know I kind of like beat the shit out of this movie a little bit, but I I want to say eighty for me. I thought it was an eighty, uh, but as far as like so my chainsaw rating, I, it's not going to be four out of five, which would make it an eighty. I guess it's going to be right. it's going to be more like three and a half out of five for me. Um, I think I'm right there with you. Um, about three and a half. We've seen some really good movies this month, and and. I'm like list, thinking back on some of the other movies. Like I should have gave it a four lightsabers mm-hmm. out of five. This one, I think I'm pretty spot on when I'm going to say like three and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it sounded like I liked the movie more um, than you did, I think the pluses of the movie that we both liked put it in that three and a half. And the stuff mm-hmm. that we didn't like, like you said, like I, like when I asked you, like if you had never seen the cartoon, what would you have thought about this movie? I would have fucking loved it. Yeah, um, I would have too. So, I, th- I think that 
trying to take your mind out of it and seeing it for from fresh eyes. I can say that my biggest gripes of the movie was because they didn't do that in the original and they kind of fell short of the new scenes that they did by, you know, having to feel like they needed new songs. But yeah. again, because like because I if I never saw the cartoon, I would have thought it was cool. Yeah. So the other thing the other thing um I and this is just really nitpicky. This should have came out over Christmas. Uh this should have came out during the holidays. Uh yeah, it felt kind of, it, it did month. feel yeah, it did feel kind of strange. Like it reminded me of like when I went and saw Die Hard two in June, and it was like a fucking snowing uh, in the movie the whole time. I was like, "This is weird." And Batman Returns did the same thing. It snowed, and the movie came out like in June or July. That always kind of bothers me for some reason. So, like this movie was kind of the same thing. I mean, yeah, we're not quite uh, out of winter just yet, but I felt like they could have brought this out like around Thanksgiving, and I think. I might have even liked it more because of the 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 seasonal aspect of it, if that makes any sense. So no, it does. It does. But um that's just a minor, minor nitpick, but um okay. So that's that's cool. Um gosh, I don't know what else to really say about this movie. Uh if you haven't seen it, I don't know why you listen to this all the way through, but uh, <laughs> uh we're not really I worth mean it. it's worth it. I think it is. I think it's worth it too. It's definitely worth a look, and and by everybody going to see this, that'll make Disney want to continue making more of their movies live action. Because in the beginning, I was very skeptical of all of that stuff, but so far, I think they're doing a fairly decent job. Um, There's some movies coming up that they're working on right now that I'm very curious about, that I'm worried about um, a little bit. But we'll see. Um, I'm I'm right now. I like what they're doing with Mulan. Um, you know, I'm actually really looking forward to that movie because across the board, it looks like they're doing it the right way. Um, and being very conscientious of it. Um, but stuff like Aladdin, I mean, how do you replace Robin Williams stuff like, you know, little mermaid, I guess you could do because I don't remember any of the iconic voices in that. I mean, I think they were under the sea. That might've been all theater people under the sea and kiss the girl. Yeah, I love Kiss the Girl. And I could see them – fuck, you know, it's weird. I could see them doing that. I could see all those creatures singing that song. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's just uh, – I, I just think this was a different animal. Because the movie – here's why. Here's why you're nervous about it. Because you're taking it, – it's one thing to take, like again, like the Jungle Book, right? Or if you wanted to do, I don't know, The Rescuers Down Under. Because they're not fucking iconic as, as Beauty and the Beast, The Lion King – yeah. You know, there was a lot of room for improvement for the Jungle Book. Yeah, there wasn't right. there wasn't really much improvement for Beauty and the Beast. The scenes that they added were awesome, but the songs that they added sucked. Yeah, like it's like they 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 should have stopped at just writing the scene and just leaving it there because that added more to the film that I actually that was my favorite part. Of yeah, the it was uh, it was it. there was no there was no Jenna Malone in the movie. There was no <laughs> bu- yeah. bullets, bullet detective, bullet shit. No, it it made sense. The the stuff that they added actually made sense, and it did make uh, it made the characters a little more well rounded. Made the story uh, make uh, a little more sense versus just saying this is the way it is, and you're going to like especially well, wait a the minute. falling in love part. Yeah, exactly. Um, because that's the thing is that she's fallen in love with that beast, and I think you as an audience member should be too, in a way. You know, you shouldn't. I'm, I'm not bestiality. Not like, oh my god, the beast is hot. <laughs> but like, but it's like, oh, that dude is like, he's really, he's complex. He's a complex character. And you start at the beginning, you're like, this guy's kind of a dick. And then toward the end, yeah. you're like, oh, I really like this guy. Like, he really, he's changed. It's like, you know? uh, it's like they, it's like if they had another crack at like Revenge of the Sith, his turn to the dark side would not be like overnight. Oh my god, tell me about it. Yeah, he's just like, okay, I cut Mace Windu's hand off. Like, all right, I'll do whatever you want. I'll go kill younglings now. That's what makes no fucking <laughs> yeah. sense. I'm gonna go kill little children now for you. I'm just like that's yeah, that's a big that's a big leap from I want to keep my wife alive to I'm gonna kill all the Jedi children. <laughs> this will, as many yeah, that's a big fucking leap. Yeah, every like, kid even I if like, kill will keep my like, wife alive. Yeah, like I'm not sure. Like she'd be okay with this. Like she might be okay with me trying to learn the dark side in order to save her, but killing the kids with the lightsaber thing, she probably would not be on board and just rather die. 
You know, it yeah. wasn't even just the kids. The kids were the last people he killed in the fucking temple. He killed yep. a shit ton of Jedi before that. Yeah, that that. I'm pretty sure that. Padme would have stopped him at that. I mean, like, like before he before she even knew before she even knew that he was going to go fucking kill children, she would have stopped at like the you know the adults and would be like, yeah, that's not cool, Anakin. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I love you too with my greasy face on the balcony, but I, I don't think you should uh, be killing all these people. Yeah, yeah, and she still wanted to run away with them, which I, I don't Plus, know. Plus, not to up. mention. That we're in the goddamn future and shit's really got to go bad for me to die. <laughs> no, they're actually not in the future. <laughs> no. It's a long, long time ago. <laughs> and far, far away. Yeah, Which... but everything in that movie looks newer somehow. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, uh, that's it's time for us to go. <laughs> we'll leave on that note. That really somber yeah. – uh, yeah. How did we get to Revenge of the Sith and <laughs> fucking Being the Beast? I have no idea. That's that's <laughs> that's ridiculous. It's talent. It's <laughs> all right, man. Well, that was episode seventy-two of Chew on This, a Nerd United podcast. I'm BJ Beck. Until next time, folks. Chew on that. Later.